What is the life of a professional bull rider like? This question is at the heart of a new Amazon Prime docu-series called The Ride, which follows the lives of several bull riders in and away from the arena as they compete on the Professional Bull Riders inaugural Team Series competition. Prior to the premiere of The Ride at this year's ATX Television Festival, which runs from June 1st through 4th, I had the pleasure of speaking with two bull riders from the show. Eventually, you'll hear from Zeke Mitchell of the Austin Gamblers, but we start with Chase Outlaw of the Oklahoma Freedom. Chase, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. So uh, this is really cool, this docuseries that you are a part of now. Just how exciting is it to uh, get to have uh, your individual story, but also the story of the PBR getting told through Amazon Prime's docuseries? Um, I mean, this is... Uh, it's awesome. It's amazing to be able to put out there and show the show the world and general public really what it's like uh that we're just not just some country guys just showing up and riding a bull for eight seconds to getting paid a whole lot of money and it's a lot of it's getting to show what we actually have to go through and the the life of that we live and it's um i'm just honored to be able to be a part of it because it's going to be like you said being on amazon prime it's going to be people that have no idea what bull riding even is and they're going to be scrolling through amazon and they're going to say what's this these guys wearing a cowboy hat are they is that a they're going to say is that a bull and they're going to click on it and you never and going to export to and show it to people that have no idea what our lifestyle is all about and it's it has a possibility i mean to bring just obsolete new fans to the sport and it's uh i believe it's nothing but great things that's coming to the sport from this how long you been riding bulls for, Chase? Since I was, I started riding calves and sheep when I was about four or five years old. And then steers to junior bulls and the PBR when I was 18. So this is literally a lifelong pursuit for you. And how old are you now? And I'm 30 now. I'll be 31 in about 28 days. So you've been and, riding. Uh, yes, sir. You've been riding professionally for 13 years then. Yes, sir. How has the sport yes, changed? Sir. How has the sport changed in that time? How long is this interview? <laughs> as long as you <laughs> no, want it to I be, mean, man. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it hasn't really changed. I mean, because the name of the game is still the same. you got to ride that bull eight seconds. But, I mean, with everything... Uh, with everything, as time progresses with anything in the world, everything gets better. You look at the NFL football players. You look at college football. Every, You look at 10 years ago till now, they were still athletes, but the, the level of competitiveness and the level, level of just uh, of everything has done scaled so way up. So you look at our bull riders and especially our bulls. I mean, our bulls is on a breed program. And they just got continuously ranker, and but you know what? That's also meant our riding had to step up. So our the riding and the bulls from the past ten years have has really just kept growing and growing, and uh, the fans of the sport and the money and the exposure. 
the exposure that we're, we're that we're getting as far as um, as far as this right here, being on an Amazon Prime documentary series. Yeah, you are a member of the Oklahoma Freedom within the PBR team series. Were you surprised with just how quickly people took to this new concept within the PBR? Not just necessarily here in the South, but really across the U.S. People were showing up in droves at these arenas to watch you guys perform. Yeah, so yeah, it was. Uh, people really didn't know. Like at first, like the first couple, they really wasn't sure about the team series. But once they once it really, like, a third, fourth event, man, it really set in, and people really, they, you know, it, it was just more for them to cheer for than just one one rider that they, you know, one or two riders they've come for. Now, whoever these people's favorite riders were, now they that doesn't merge into whoever their favorite riders are and whatever team they're on. Now that person is cheering for that whole team, and they're, they're invested in that team now because you, you get what I'm saying? So it is. It really is uh, – it's changed the sport dramatically. Getting on top of a bull, maybe it's not – maybe it's different for you because you've been doing this your entire life in some form or fashion, getting on tops of animals that don't necessarily want you on top of them and probably some animals that are okay with you being on top of them. But – there's got to be uh, maybe some butterflies or nervousness that uh, that enters the equation just before you do get on top of that bull. Do you still feel that nervousness, Chase? Oh yeah, yeah. It, um, but that that's what that's why we are where we are. The top four. That's why we are there. There at the PBR Unleash the Beast in the PBR Team Series. Is because we're the best in the world. We know how to handle. We we can harness that energy, that them nerves. You can't say nobody you don't get scared, but that's how you. That's what separates men from the boys, and that's why we are where we are. So we can harness that fear and that energy, and we can and we can harness it and use it to work for us. And you get what I'm saying, and know how to handle that, and instead of letting it go against us. No, totally. And that's why I was wondering if you do still feel that. I mean, I hear people in so many different walks of life, people who perform for a living, let's say, talking about right before that big moment on the proverbial stage that you do still get a little bit of that nervousness, but it's all about how you channel that energy, like you just said. So I'm curious for you, is it as simple as maybe just taking some deep breaths is there something that you tell yourself just beforehand? How do you properly channel that injury to go out there and be as successful as you are? Just, um, yeah, you're just steadily slow breathing. And, I mean, it's really just, I mean, it's like you're about to fist fight a grizzly bear. So you gotta, <laughs> you just got to, you telling yourself whatever you got to. Usually it's, uh, I mean, it's, Playing over and over in your head that you're, for me anyway, that you're a warrior and it, it's. Uh, I mean, with any fight, you ain't gonna let. You're not gonna let uh, doubtness crawl into your mind. If you do, you got to block it out with something way stronger than any doubt, any doubt that came into your mind. And um, it is. It's. Uh, but but still, it's not just so. You're not. You're not just so. Rah, ready to go that you because you can't ride a bull by just 
clamp it down and uh just trying to overpower that animal it, it's more it's a dance and it's uh so you got to match him move for move and you you just uh but yet again it's the most it's the deadliest dance you'll ever do yeah, I mean, inevitably, if you're fighting a grizzly bear, you are going to suffer some scratches here and there. For you as somebody who has been doing it as long as you have now, 13 years, if my math is correct, professionally, uh, what is the, uh, the the toughest injury that you've ever suffered riding a bull? Mm. Have there been I'd a lot of say, them? Uh... Yeah, hell, I've had five Ricky's such a shoulder surgery, mm. Ricky's such a knee surgery, a total uh, Ricky's such on my groins uh, on my left side, on my, and then I broke my face. I had uh, 64 plate or 13 plates and 64 screws put in my plate, uh, put put in my face. Was that from a bull stepping on your face? No, he hit me with his horn. Oh my gosh. Oof. Yeah, hit me with his hit me with his horn and uh, um, hell, it didn't knock me out though. I got up and walked out of the arena. Good God, man! You got up from that. Yes, sir. Do Do you have a Do you remember that? Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I remember being bug shit. I remember all that. I remember being in the ambulance, being back in sports medicine, and, and I remember uh, walking out of the arena, like just the gate. But I don't remember getting up. But I remember walking out. <clears throat> My goodness. And then what? Team like that was the PBR's last cowboy standing in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and uh, then I came back the next year and won that some bitch. That is incredible. That had to have been uh, yeah. a highlight of your career to to return to the venue where you suffered such a uh, a horrific injury a year later yeah. and win the whole damn thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's about pretty much damn to be a mo- like that, that's like what damn sports movies are made out of. Like it seemed like I was living a real life just. Maybe it was. It was. It, you're right. It was almost perfect. You felt like Luke Perry in eight seconds for a few minutes there. I'm guessing. <laughs> it was in the same arena. Is that right? Yeah, same arena that Lane Frost died in. Passed away in. Yes, sir. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. Pretty. Uh. Pretty amazing, huh? And then I came back. I was out that year. That year it happened. It happened in July of uh, 18. I was out 72 days, didn't get on board 72 days. And um, there was there was three events left. Uh, three three events left in the season. And I came back, and I, I was like 75th in the world when I came back. And I came back, and I made the World Finals in them three events. And then uh, went in and finished fifth at the World Finals like 80, 80 days after that happened. You suffered an unthinkable tragedy. You and your family suffered an unthinkable tragedy last year. And this is while the docuseries cameras were following you guys around. And it brings tears to my eyes to even mention it to you right now. But I have an eight and six-year-old at home. 
Um, you lost one of your children. And I, yes, I don't necessarily have a question for you other than just to say, I'm so sorry about that, man. I'm so sorry for your loss. And I hope that you and well, your family you. are doing okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. Her name was uh, Cashley, Cashley Blake Outlaw. She is, um, she is 11 years old and um, she was a uh, sure enough cowgirl is what she was. I've heard I've heard more than once that the um, bull riding community is always there for one another. Was that on display when you and your family suffered such an awful loss? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can. Um, it was. It was. They were. They were there for us. One hundred and ten percent. I mean that. That really is that family that we have in that locker room and that we have at that bull riding. Is that it? Them, them people are is my family. Like I'm just as close to them as I am some, you know, a lot of my blood relatives. You know, because I'm with them people every weekend. Like I see them, I see them more, more than I do my own family. So you know, they, especially after 13 years, it's um, you know, it's it, they are my family. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, all right, last question now, Chase. Um, you've been doing this long enough that I'm going to assume that you're not afraid to get on bulls. It's something that you probably look forward to, even though you do still experience those butterflies. But everybody fears at least one thing in life. So what is a fear of yours in this world? Fucking water, drowning. Like, uh, <laughs> I was... Now, like, but I was born here. I was raised in Southeast Arkansas where I grew up swimming in these rivers, all this. But I was in Australia one time in 2000 and it was like 2011 or 12. I was in Australia and uh, there was some, was at Surfer's Paradise at the Gold Coast. And we, uh, we talked the surfboard rental guy into uh, renting the surfboards. He said he couldn't rent them to us because the swells were too gnarly. And we was like, dude, we ride freaking bulls. <laughs> we, can, we can do this. So, well, we do it. And, uh, we, you know, we're surfing these little waves right up, but it didn't look that far out there. It was like, man, we want to surf. I said, we want to we ride them waves. We done rode these. And uh, so I guess as we start paddling out there, I get the tide was falling out, I guess. And um we was paddling in you know, that one. My buddy looks over his shoulder and he said, What the We looked back, man, it was like we was half a mile from the damn uh shoreline from the from the sand. Oh man. So I turned around and yes, sir, I turned around. I'm from Arkansas, you know, it didn't have damn ocean to you know, I ain't been to the ocean that much. By this time I was young. I didn't know you had to go with the current like at an angle. Well, I was just, I was headed straight towards the bank and I was just fighting the whole time paddling. I was paddling like something. Well, I just hear a roaring. I hear a roaring. I look over my shoulder and I, man, I am not kidding. I guarantee you this wave was 40 foot tall. Oh my God. And I look, yes, sir. And as I look over, it was just coming over my head and I wrapped my arms and legs around this surfboard. And that wave just sucks me down, and I mean, we just start rolling underneath the water. I mean, turning. It pops me up out of the water, 
as it hits, I'm spitting up our gagging. As that time, another wave hits me. When it hits me this time, the that water that wave hits me right in the bend of my back, mm. and it just I mean pushes me underneath the water. And it knocks me loose from my surfboard. Panicked then started uh, swallowing water. Well, I grabbed my ankle deal and I pulled it back to me as I'm spinning underneath the water. And as I do that, it pops me up out of the water. And by this time, there's lifeguards done out on the deal and they're and they're hollering on their board and they're coming down the water for a wave. I, I, as I get to my surfboard, I just lay down and I, I, I'm choking on water. And it's about that time another wave hits me just right. And oh it just God. pushes me right on up in there. And when I got to where I touched, I flopped out on that ground. And I said, dear Lord, I thank you so much. I said, I will have respect this mother nature and all this stuff. Yeah, we rode bulls. I just threw always through caution to the wind. And let me tell you what, after that day right there, and I'm kind of scared of some damn water. So I take it you've never tried to surf again since then? Oh, yeah, we have, but we just, you know, we respected it. That's how that makes sense. But, but and when we got up there, the lifeguards, they were, <laughs> they said, we're, they said, what the fuck, mate? They said, <laughs> they said, where'd you get these surfboards? They said, the swells are too gnarly. They said, I said, these look like rentals. They said, where'd you rent them? We said, up there at the rental deal. And he made, the lifeguard went up there, felt bad about this, so he made the guy at the surfboard place give us our money back and, uh, and then got on to him for letting us rent them. Well, you know what? The the, sur- the, surf- the surfboard rental guy, even though he tried to warn y'all, he probably should have insisted rather than making a few extra bucks that day. He knew better. Yeah. Oh, but we he, he, he did insist, but we... Yeah, he... Um... Yes, sir. Yeah, that, so that right there, that... Water. And a freaking snake. <laughs> like Indiana Jones, you hate freaking snakes. Mm. And we got them. Oh, I bet you do. Cause you live. Do you live in Arkansas right now or Oklahoma? Regardless, there's snakes either place. Arkansas. I live. Uh, I'm about 14 miles from Louisiana and 40 miles from Mississippi, from the Mississippi River. Okay. So I'm southeast Arkansas. Gotcha. And so you have to deal with snakes on the regular then? Uh, yes, sir. Well, you just go grab a hoe and chop their heads off? Hell no. I try to use a gun. I try not to get where I can... <laughs> I'm that close to them, somebody. <laughs> Stay away from striking distance. That's probably a good plan. Yeah, especially with a rattlesnake. A rattlesnake is like uh, twice the length of their body. Oh, is that right? Yes, sir. Oh, what? Well, so thank- a, a six foot rattlesnake can strike you from about 10 foot away. What? Yes, sir. They'll curl up on their back, and when they strike, they push off with their tail, and then they can, yes, sir. Holy shit. So they're essentially jumping at you. They can. You dang right, them big ones. Wow. 
Oh man, that's crazy. Well, uh, Chase, yeah, yeah. We've... I, don't even, I don't even like talking about these sunbucks. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy about snakes either. That's one of my big fears. My wife is afraid of clowns, which I realize clowns are a little bit creepy, especially after the whole John Wayne Gacy thing. But clowns don't freak me out. Clowns are are uh, more sad no, and pathetic than anything else. It's a person. Clowns are people. Sometimes those people are creepy, yeah. but sometimes those people are just trying to bring joy to kids at a circus, you know? Yeah. And sometimes they're mass murderers who are trying to lure people into their vans. Yeah, yeah. You never know. <laughs> Could go either way with you clowns. You never know, but either way, somebody... Right? Yeah, either way, I mean, they're kind of creepy. All right, so last thing before I let you go, Chase, because this has uh, actually gone long enough that we're going to do two segments with it. Uh, for anybody who hasn't necessarily checked out the PBR Team Series just yet, what is a good reason for uh, somebody to either uh, watch the series, The Ride, which is available now on Amazon Prime, or actually come out and uh, watch the real-life version for themselves? Well, I definitely should um, watch it on uh, Prime because that's going to – that's just in a few days. They definitely should watch it, get the feel for it, and then I guarantee it when they watch it, they're going to be scheduling and uh, scheduling to find out which team series, which uh, which home team, uh, which home state, home team uh, games they're going to go to, and which event they're going to attend. Because it's um, it is it's quite different than the individual sport than the individual season, and um, and and I should assess if. Someone don't know about our sport that they definitely watch it because that's gonna just open their eyes to uh, a whole new lifestyle that they wouldn't know about. And yes, sir. Well, Chase, it's been a real pleasure today. Thank you so much for the time. Going to highly encourage folks to check out the ride on Amazon Prize, uh, Pri- uh, Amazon Prime. It tells Chase and so many other riders' stories throughout the course of the last PBR Team Series season. And make sure to check them out uh, this season for the Team Series and going forward as well. Chase, uh, thank you so much for the time again, man. Best of luck with thanks. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and um, y'all have, have yourself a good day. Moving on now to Zeke Mitchell. Zeke, thank you so much for the time. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Are you excited to get to see your face on the big screen here uh, coming up pretty soon? Obviously, uh, Amazon Prime is releasing the ride on May 30th. This interview will be airing by then. So uh, this is a big moment for you and your fellow riders. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, It's just another big step in uh, getting the PBR more into the mainstream light um, and getting more people interested in bull riding. Uh, the sport that I love so much, and I hope the rest of the world will come to fall in love with it after watching this. What do you love the most about bull riding? Uh, I just love the fact that it's unpredictable um, mm. and that uh, that no day is the same uh, when riding bulls. So uh, I think that's a, a pretty neat thing in itself. It is obviously an extremely dangerous sport, too, which is something that is talked about in the series, and I'm sure it's something that you and your fellow riders talk about from time to time. Heck, it's 
the reality of your situation at times with some of the injuries that have been suffered over the years. Uh, For you as somebody who obviously does have to go through the preparation to get yourself ready to do something that literally could be a matter of life and death, what does that system look like for you? What what are you doing and leading up to getting on top of a bull that allows you to do so so successfully? Uh, you know, especially uh, being a part of the Austin Gamblers, my team, uh, I've uh, really started to take the whole working out thing a little more serious. Uh, uh, we work out. We also have uh, what we call bucking barrels or, or whatever, or drop barrels, which are pretty much like mechanical bulls that uh, just actually help with the fundamentals of bull riding, and we have to ride them kind of correctly um, just, just as a training tool. And then also we get on practice bulls. But you're just uh, a level of bull that's a notch or two below the caliber of bulls that you'd see at the, the Moody Center or anywhere else that we'd get on those rank rank bucking bulls for the team series of the UTB. That's interesting you talk about strength training for bull riding. Uh, obviously, people think of things like bench press and uh, maybe curls, but uh, that's to get that summer bod going. What are some of the uh, workouts that you guys put yourselves through to get ready to get on top of a bull? Uh, for me, mostly it's a lot of cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, where yeah, bull riding is a sport where you can't really bulk up your frame too much, uh, especially me being a taller bull rider. I'm six foot. Usually uh, bull riding kind of for shorter guys. Uh, so, I don't know, just try not to bulk up. And uh, there's a lot of cardio, a lot of rope machines, uh, a lot of just working on flexibility and mobility. Um, just trying to be as limber and as active as I possibly can be. So a lot of rowing. Is there any other cardio that you have to put yourself through? Because I'm going to be honest with you, Zeke. I I am somebody who takes pretty good care of myself. I despise cardio. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've always been a runner, so I love to run. Okay. Uh, any chance that I can get, I love to run. Uh, that That's mostly my biggest part of cardio. I can get on a treadmill or and and run forever seems like or just get outside and run forever i would imagine that the runner's mindset also helps you in the immediate lead up to getting on top of a bull it's understandable if you are experiencing butterflies or a little bit nervous before you actually get on top of that bull so is it as simple as you channeling what you're able to and running miles on end to uh to ultimately get on top of that bull too uh i don't know uh i don't think so Hmm. Uh, I guess because uh, for me, uh, I've always wanted to be a cowboy and I always wanted to be a bull rider. And I mean, just I've always loved the sport of rodeo in general. So I've always wanted to do this. So it, it never really dawns on me, even with the nerves or the jitters, to not get on uh, or not go through with it or not push through. Uh, it's just something that I feel like has became a part of me. And, um, I don't know. It's something totally different in bull riding and then running for me. Um, I don't know. Bull riding is just different. (laughs) (laughs) So you said this is something that you always wanted to do. So were you a a little buck getting on top of uh, a sheep and doing mutton busting when you were real young? I never, I never did the mutton busting. Uh, never, never really got into the sheep riding, uh, I didn't really get into the stir or anything like that either. Uh, I kind of was, and some people's mind, 
a little bit late in some people's mind. I was a little too young, but I was about 15 years old whenever I started really getting on bulls, and I was getting on junior bulls. So that was kind of my step into the big bulls was just junior bulls, which are either just smaller, younger bulls or older, tighter, more slow bulls. So So you started when you were 15. How old are you now? I'm 26 now. So you've been doing this for 11 years. What is the yes, what is the most painful injury that you suffered in that time? Um, I'd probably have to say my my groin. Mm. I just training my groin, uh, just because uh, you can't. Re- it's unavoidable. Whenever you pull your groin, what you use your you wouldn't realize how much you use your groin from a day to day basis, and then you wouldn't know how much. I mean, it really you can't even ride through a, a hurt groin. Uh, it just doesn't really work in the sport of bull riding. So I'd have to say that's my most painful one. I guess in terms of injuring your groin riding a bull, that is the lesser of two evils, though, because the other option is a bull stepping directly onto your groin, and that would be a different sort of pain. Well, that could happen, too. But <laughs> I think uh, it's a different pain, but dang sure that the pulling of the groin lasts a whole lot longer. So you're a member of the Austin Gamblers. Uh, if I'm reading your bio correctly, you uh, you live in Rockdale, Texas right now. Is that correct? Uh, I'm born. I was born and raised. Well, I was born in Temple, but I was raised in Rockdale, rock, back and forth between Rockdale and Baytown, Texas. Oh, so, gotcha. Uh, Rockdale has a huge part of me, but I, I no longer live there right now. So you spent a fair amount of time in Austin. Uh, what what have you loved about Austin in your time here so far? I'd have to say that the food, uh, there's just so many different options of food and there's so many great restaurants there. What are, uh, what's a place or two that jumps out in your mind as you say that? Uh, I can't even remember what the place was called. Uh, my GM, JJ Gotch took me there. Um, and uh, I wish I could remember the name of it right now, but the food was phenomenal. Uh, I had to ask JJ for it. Um, and then uh, there's a few other spots we went with uh, as a gamblers, but there's so much that we've uh, we done there. Uh, I can't quite pinpoint the restaurants on off the top of my head. Did it surprise you at all to see how quickly people were taking to the team riding concept within the PBR? This is obviously a new premise and an attempt to help grow the sport. And uh, you guys were performing for sold-out arenas all over the country, not just necessarily here in Texas or in the South, but literally all over the U.S. People were showing up in droves to watch you guys perform. Yeah, um, I I didn't really think it was going to take that long for people to grasp the concept of, of the team concept. Um, it's always been an individual sport and people have grown to love each and every rider individually. And uh, a lot of guys have their favorite rider once you become a fan of a sport. So uh, once I realized the biggest thing I realized very early on is that once you're a fan of that rider, you want to be a fan of that team as well. So um, it just helps whenever a guy goes down and he's injured, they still have somebody to cheer for and, uh, I mean, there's always a story. Like your your favorite rider, even if he bucks off, doesn't necessarily lose because uh, the rest of his team rallies and, and wins for him in his uh, his absence of performance. I guess you can say. Do you have a favorite bull to ride? Um, you know, uh, I you can't say I do. 
uh, I have some rides in particular that uh, stick out in my mind forever. But uh, I had to, if I'm going to go at the top of my list, he's now uh, he's now passed. Uh, he retired and then he passed. Uh, but there's a bull called uh, Smooth Operator, and we uh, matched up three times. He got the better of me of the first two, and I got the better of him the last time. So I think the, the whole story behind the battle for me and him, for me to actually get it accomplished, had to be my favorite. Do you have a relationship with these bulls away from the arena? Like, do you interact with these uh, bulls when you're not about to get on top of them? Yeah, uh, some guys more than others. Okay. Uh, me, me personally, I don't have uh, stock to my my disposal right now. Gotcha. Uh, but guys like Eli Vassbinder that you'll see featured in the team, he has bulls, and I'll go help him uh, with various things that he needs to do to prepare his bulls to either uh, for us to either use as practice bulls or to use uh, to sell uh, to other people. So. Um, I do like being around it. I really enjoy going to help uh, Tiffany and Jerome Davis. That's also featured in the show um, with their operations and just pretty much any time that I can be around it and uh, not a sit- situation where I'm riding. I think it's pretty dang cool. So I really do have a respect and a love for these animals. Uh, they, they tick just like people and pets do. I mean, some of them have really good attitudes about everything, and some of them have really bad attitudes about everything. So, <laughs> uh, they're they're very interesting animals, each with their own personality. There's some that you can walk into the pen with and and pet and rub all over, and even sit on their back. But whenever they know, whenever they get in that buck and shoot, that's when the real job starts. So, uh, they're pretty neat animals through and through. Yeah, I can hear that admiration in the way that you talk about them before I even ask that question. All right, last question now, Zeke. Uh, You're clearly not afraid of getting on top of a bull, but everybody has at least one fear in life. So what is your biggest fear on this planet? Oh, man. Uh, I don't really really have that many fears that that I just pop out of my head. Come on, spiders, snakes, clowns. There's got to be something. (laughs) My biggest fear is, is failure itself. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's like a cliche to say, but failure is my biggest fear. Uh, there's so much that I'd like to accomplish in, in this lifetime. Uh, so uh, not living up to that and what I, what I want to do with my life, that's probably my biggest fear. Okay, so that is a really good answer. I like that answer. And part of the reason I like that answer is because it is important to fail. The most successful people will talk about not only failing, but often failing repeatedly to help them get to where they are. So I say that to ask you now, what is your biggest failure up to this point in your 26 years on this planet? And what was the lessons you were able to take away from that? Uh, I feel like uh, my career has been failure after failure and coming back from them. Hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, right now I, I haven't succeeded yet. And then whenever I do succeed my, uh, in my goals, uh, it starts over again. So, um, then failure comes back. So, uh, each and every step that I take is either a blessing or a lesson. And even a lesson is a blessing. So, uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's just not performing to my true ability as my biggest failure is uh, allowing outside things to dictate 
what happens in my life and uh, and my road and route to success. Very well said there. He is Ezekiel Blue Mitchell. He is a member of the Austin Gamblers. They are a part of that PBR team series. It's been going on for a little bit more than a year now. And the series itself is being showcased in a new Amazon Prime docuseries called The Ride. It is available now on Prime. Zeke, thank you so much for the time today, man. This is a real pleasure. Man, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks to Gentleman Jesus for the intro and outro music. Hear more of his work at GentlemanJesus.com. And thanks to you for hanging out. For more of the show and to connect on social media, visit BooksOnPod.com. We'll talk to you next time on Books on Pod.